Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott Benjamin. And I'm Ben Bullard. Ben, we are back, and it seems like it's been a long time since we've been in the studio. I mean, just a little bit of inside baseball here. You know, we, uh, not really that much inside, I guess, but, you know, we record in advance when things like vacations come up and stuff like that. And right. Illnesses or whatever. We try to have a few in the can, I guess. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been a while since we've been in the studio, but I'm excited about this topic because I think it's one that's going to cause a lot of, um, well, you know what? Maybe not. I think we're kind of on the same side of the fence on this one, but there's a little bit of back and forth about this, some pros, some cons, and um, no matter where you look about this topic, you're going to find someone that says they love it or someone that says they really just think that this is not going to work. Right. So let's let's start at the basics here. Um, Indiegogo, for anyone who's not familiar with that, is a crowdfunding website, and it's got some... Competitors, you know, like Kickstarter, etc. The the gist of these websites is this: you can go on to Indiegogo or Kickstarter, and you can say, "Hey, I have this amazing idea, and I need X amount of money mm-hmm. to make this idea a real thing." And sometimes it has uh, middling results. Sometimes people aren't behind it. Sometimes. Every once in a while, they get fantastic results, and uh, a team of people recently raised over $2 million on Indiegogo alone uh, for the idea of turning all the roads in the United States into solar Roadways, mm-hmm. solar roadways. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a there's a lot we have to talk about this now. Now that's a very powerful tool to raise money for something like sure, the, for yeah. a program like this. Yeah. Their goal, was, their initial goal, was only one million dollars, and I say only. That's a lot of money. Yeah, but it turns out that at, to date, forty six thousand two hundred and forty five people have contributed to this cause. That means these people truly believe in it enough to put some money behind it and say, mm-hmm. "I really want to see this program go through." To completion, I want I right. want something to happen with this. Private individuals too. That's right, and you know what? Before we get too deep into this, 
And uh, I know we just started, but I want to mention that uh, Tech Stuff is also recorded an episode on solar roadways, and okay. they're going to have they're going to have a different angle to the whole thing. I know we talked to I talked yesterday with uh, with Jonathan and Lauren about what they had they had discussed and some of the things that you know they they had mentioned that we were going to discuss. So you know I've got the inside scoop on what <laughs> we need to cover because um, we'll have different uh, different approaches to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's worthwhile to listen to both podcasts, I believe. Again, that's tech stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, check them out for a different uh a, a little more well tech heavy uh version of what we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna we're gonna cover mostly um you know what what they are I guess and then some of the uh some of the driving issues with it and some of the uh some of the the positives as well. Okay. So yeah, yeah okay. That sounds that sounds fantastic. So First things first, a couple people probably checked their ears, grabbed a Q-tip or something when we said turn every roadway in the United States into essentially a big solar panel, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, Because right now, the vast majority of the world's roadways um, in developed countries use asphalt. Asphalt is a pretty old technology, but we keep fixing it, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also remarkably cheap. Well, we use things like asphalt. We also use concrete. Right. We use, we use gravel, mm-hmm. dirt, mm-hmm. things that, you know, you wouldn't think twice about driving a car over. Right, yeah. They can take a beating and it's not a, uh, it's not a rare earth metal, uh, situation. You yeah, know because, what I mean? Yeah, because I think, when I think of solar, I, solar panels, and that's what we're talking about here, we're talking about you know, making the road surface, all road surfaces, all parking lots everywhere, we'll, we'll get to it in just a minute, you know, the applications of this. Right. But, but we're talking about a glass surface that you're driving on. I think, when I think of solar panels, I think of a very delicate surface. Absolutely. I think of something that is easily broken, almost like, mm-hmm. um, almost untouchable. Right. You know, I know you put them on your house, but you pretty much leave them alone. If a tree branch falls on it, that panel is done for. You have to replace that panel, right? Yeah, if the wrong bird poops on it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Ben. I mean, there's uh, there's all kinds of factors. You know, I mean, animal damage, squirrel damage, you know, whatever you right. want to say, you know, when it's on your on your rooftop or hail damage, that could be disastrous for somebody with with solar panels. Mm-hmm. So, so we're talking about driving a car right. on a on a what I consider a delicate surface, but that's not exactly what's going on here. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. So, these um these solar roadway proposals. Let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's do this. If you're cool with it, Scott, mm-hmm. let's let's map out what what these actually are, right? Uh, sure. And then let's also talk a little bit about the people who started it, and then let's go to the pros before we go to the cons. Absolutely, I, I okay. love that idea. So okay. so let's see who who developed this whole thing. It was developed by um, Scott and Julie Brusaw, mm-hmm. and they're husband out of, and wife team. Husband and wife. They're out of uh, is it Sagal, Idaho? Yeah, they're out of Sagal, Idaho, Idaho in the United States. Yeah, and. Uh, They've got a very endearing backstory. They met when they were about three or four years old, right? Who doesn't love a story like that? Who doesn't love a story like that? You'd have to have a cold, cold heart, man. Yeah, and they've they've been working on this concept for a while. Now, people will notice that um, earlier, Scott, you and I talked about how many folks had donated, private individuals had donated to the Indiegogo, but 
Why do we say private individuals specifically? Well, that's because Solar Roadways also received uh, funding from the U.S. Federal Highway Administration yeah. for R&D. Yeah, that's right. And they're, they're, I think they've already completed one contract, and they're on to a second contract. Isn't that right? Right. There's uh, uh, phase two, I guess, of this whole thing. Right, yeah. Phase one is sort of a proof of concept, so they build a... Um, they build a small section of what the prototype pavement would look like. Mm-hmm. And um, in their Indiegogo campaign, you can see them drive a tractor a short distance across it. Uh, the phase two, uh, I believe, is to build an entire prototype parking lot. Oh, not bad. That's a great project. And uh, you know what? Later, I want to talk specifically about parking lots because I think that has great potential. That's a really good point. So in uh, so what they've been doing here so far with their surface, it's glass. They've been testing for traction, load testing, impact resistance. Um, and they maintain that this has... This has surpassed all of the requirements, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. Each one of these things is a, as believe it or not, each one of them is a has a microprocessor contained within the within the panel. It's a hexagon shaped panel, right? And so it's like a tile. It's almost as if you were tiling the road with these hexagon shapes. Yeah, imagine like a cobblestone. But uh, as far as the idea of a tiled road, most people are familiar with tiled roads. In the form of cobblestones. Correct. Yeah, that's but right. This would be different because the surface is what's a good word for it? The surface of each hexagon is kind of beveled slightly, and uh, it it makes a much smoother surface despite that beveling than asphalt. Okay, I understand. I got it. So there's a lot of seams. Yeah. However, when they come together, they they come together very tightly. They're they're uh, they're all linked together. All these microprocessors are linked together, right. and I'm sure that tech stuff has covered exactly the communication between all these things and how they work. But it also has embedded LEDs. That's one thing we need to mention. <clears throat> yep. It has. It's not a smooth, slick glass surface like what you think. It has a texture to it. Yep. It also has a. Um, and I, I'm going to say more than just just a simple like texture. It's not like a grooved pattern or something. No, it it's has just, uh, dots. Yeah, raised raised areas like raised dots. And yeah. that's something that I want to talk about later, maybe in the cons section, if you if you want. Absolutely. Uh, but all that plays into traction because they're really working on traction. They're working on load testing. You mentioned now. I think the load testing thing. Now, a lot of people are going to be initially concerned, as I was. Right. Well, there's several concerns I have, and and my initial thought was, wait a minute, you're going to be driving on glass. First of all, right, which and is a notoriously soft material. Exactly right. You can and break it with your hands. Exactly. And then you know the texture. Th- I'm sorry, the uh, load. You know, as far as being able to to withstand something. I mean. Glass. I mean, you can't put a whole lot of weight on glass, but right. they have uh, they've tested these things up to two hundred and fifty thousand pounds. Right, that's four times the weight of a semi truck. Yeah, they've exceeded that because, and they started out low. I think they started out at like eighty thousand pounds is what they initially were shooting for. And then some trucker friend of theirs said, you know, on the back roads when uh, there's no scales around, you know, on these logging roads or whatever. Sometimes it's fully loaded. I'm at like 125,000 pounds. So they said, well, let's up it to 150,000. And they right. said, well, just to be sure, you know, you know, we're finding out more and more about the trucking industry. Let's up that. So now they're shooting for 250,000 pounds that these panels are able to withstand. Right. And they're also experimenting with the, this is something we're going to talk about as well with when we get to their texture patterns. Mm-hmm. I think you and I are heading toward the same thing. Sure. Um, they've done experiments. Another thing you would be worried about driving on glass, you'd say, well, if the glass doesn't immediately shatter under the weight of a semi-truck or, heck, even even a really low-weight car like a Miata or something, mm-hmm. then 
our next concern would be friction. How do you stop sure. on this glass, especially and, if it's raining? And right? I think some of that comes back to the texture. I think some of that, yeah. that that's part of what those raised bumps are for. Um, I think that the glass itself isn't slick like, like what we think of as a typical solar panel. Right. Yeah. They also, the solar panels, these are uh, double layered laminated glass. So the solar panel is actually not the the surface that it's, they're driving it's on. not exposed it's below this, right. this ultra heavy duty glass that like a dermis and epidermis exactly uh, yeah. but yeah one thing about that they say that their experiments the experiments they conducted indicated that a car moving at 80 miles per hour over solar roadway panels can slam on the brakes without skidding scott i'm just going to leave that there till we come back on that one their experiment indicated that ah, i see okay gotcha so uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind yeah. now you remember we mentioned that each panel has its own microprocessor, yes, sir. and they communicate with surrounding panels, and they kind of monitor each other for for uh, malfunctions, uh, you know, any kind of problem that would happen. And the idea is that with this microprocessor and the communication between them, you're able to control them. You know, remember, remember I mentioned the LEDs in the surface. Yeah, yeah. Now the, sur- the you're able to configure the way the LEDs light in Which order is to really cool. It, that is really cool. You're able to configure the lighting in the in each panel individually to work together with the panels all around it. So you're able to change lanes at will. You know, you're able to change lane designations, I guess it will. Uh-huh. And and surface um surface indicators. So, you know, you you need an additional lane coming in or out of a, a busy metro area one time. Yeah. Uh, you're able to do that electronically on the road surface rather than having the overhead uh directional indicators that we have now. You know, like the uh the lanes that I don't I don't know if they have them in the area that you live in, Ben, but one area that I ha- live in has overhead indicators where, you know, the center turn lane which is normally a center turn lane, rather. Sure. At certain times of the day, at rush hour to get into the city, they have ah. two lanes going in and one lane coming yeah. out. And then it reverses coming back. So it's a reversible lane. Uh-oh. And uh, we call the middle lane the suicide lane. I was going to say, we call it the suicide lane. Oh, so you do have these. Yeah, yeah we have one. Sure, of course. And I think everybody just driving around you know, major cities has seen something like this, uh-huh. or even smaller cities. But you're able to do this electronically on the road surface at this point with, with, these, uh, with these panels in place. That's the plan, anyways. Right, yes. And uh, also... I guess now we can sort of transition into um, the big picture and the, uh, let's see, also the... How about, uh, where, how about where they benefits. can be installed? Is that okay? Ah, yes, perfect. Is that okay? Yeah, it's I did not mean to jump over what you were, we were planning there, but um, we've talked about road surfaces, and we right. briefly mentioned parking lots. Yeah. But there are a lot of other uses for these things, right? Mm-hmm. So what are what are some of them, maybe? Well, uh, that's, that's a fantastic question. You You can notice this when you look at... Any paved surface you can imagine. So also private compounds like farms and stuff. Mm-hmm. This could, this could work for a farm. Uh, this, if we're talking about these, these ideas essentially are highly durable solar panels, right? Mm-hmm. That have some patterns you can put on them. So they would be perfect for airport runways if the, if the technology is there. And that is one thing that they're talking about. They're also talking about driveways, sidewalks, yeah. bike paths. Play, Sidewalks and bike paths. Pl- playgrounds. Yeah. Um, and the playground thing is kind of interesting because in the video, I believe, they showed a basketball court. Yeah. And the basketball court, as you can imagine with the LEDs, you know, they could light up the uh, the boundaries for the court. They set up the lines for the court, the uh, for the game. You could change that over to a tennis court mm-hmm. by, and, and add a, uh, a removable net. Uh, the exact same surface is what I'm talking about. And then you could change that another time to uh, to set up a hopscotch 
you know, area for the kids or a four square yeah. or any other game that, you know, kids normally draw on the pavement with chalk and make their own outlines or, or use the existing lines in the pavement. They could configure the pavement for whatever game or application they want at that time. Right. Yes. And, and also the generation of electricity. That's something we haven't talked about yet. Ah, and that's the whole crux of this thing, right? Because, right. you know, you're thinking, why would anybody want to put this on their farm? Why would anybody want to put this uh, on their own private property? Why right. would you want to have a driveway that is the solar panel? Because the concrete works fine or asphalt or whatever you happen to have. Sure. Why would I, why would I want to change? Well, the idea is this um, electrical generation. Right, yeah. So the U.S. Census Bureau estimates that installing solar panels on every home in the states would produce, check this out, Scott, 3.75 trillion kilowatt hours of electricity a year. So that's almost as much energy as the entire United States generated in 2011. Really? Okay. Yeah. Now, of course, when we hear pie in the sky, utopian things like that, that uh, that sounds like a lot of energy. It doesn't factor in the enormous cost of putting a solar panel on every house. Pie in the, in the sky States. utopian. I didn't mean to cut you off there yeah. at the end, but pie in the sky utopian ideas. That's what uh, that's what we're kind of getting towards here near the end. I want to. I do want to talk about that as well. I Man, we're getting a long list of what we want to cover. <laughs> but um, but the you know generating this electricity it can power yeah. homes, it can power businesses, sure. and and even cars eventually because you know they're talking about these connected driveways and parking lots and things like yeah. that. Now imagine if you had a parking lot that was covered in uh, these solar panels and you offered. Um, EV parking for your customers. Right, and you could charge while you're shopping or watching a movie or whatever. That's right, and the system would power, would provide the power. You know, the, the parking lot surface itself would provide the power for the EV generation, you know, for the, uh, for the, for the meters or the, uh, the devices that charge the electric vehicles. Right. In, let's say, the mall parking lot for the day. All right, so, you know, the idea is that, you know, with these, uh, with these surfaces that, that can be configurable, you could also maybe adapt the parking lot for the current needs. Like if you needed more parking spaces, you could take an area that is normally a little bit wider open during the rest of the year. Uh-huh. You could make it a little bit more packed, I guess, if you were to add parking spaces during peak shopping times, like, you know, during the holidays or yeah. weekends versus, you know, weekdays. Mm-hmm. Um, you can configure all this. You can, uh, I mean, I know in the video, there's, there's, I got a little bit of a problem with this, but, you know, they, they can adjust the number of, um, of handicapped parking spots. Right, and by changing the LED. Exactly. So let's say that, you know, three people that legitimately need handicapped parking, you know, park in that area and there's no more left and then someone comes in that needs it, requires a parking, a handicapped parking area. Then they could add one automatically if necessary, but there would be like an infrastructure issue with that. You'd have to know that that person would require it. Right, yes. But the the idea here, the potential benefits are are fantastic and Scott, let's let's just laundry list some of the pros. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, I'll go ahead and kick it off. Uh, number one, to me, this is one of the most important things, is the potential for a decentralized power grid. So in that parking lot example, one thing that's fantastic about this is that these solar panels would be generating electricity and that would be going directly to an electric car that was parked and charging. Mm-hmm. So there's no... Um, they're none of the load problems that we would encounter in a centralized power grid. All right, and here's one that dovetails along with this one. Um, it is. It also has an attached cable corridor, and this cable corridor, which runs right, you know, next to the road, below the road surface, so you never see this thing. Um, it's for cables and communication hardware on one side, and then I think there's another side. I don't think that these are on the same side, Ben, but there's a another side that that handles stormwater collection. 
um, and treatment, which I found pretty amazing. Now, now this also is a, like a movement cha- um, system. So, you know, the, yeah. the wastewater movement system. So it can channel water into different areas that need it or required. It almost works like a, like a modern sewer, I guess, in that That's way. That's cool. So if one area, you know, overflows or has, you know, a lot of rain, excessive amount of rain, and it, and it, it finds that it's beginning to flood one certain area, it can channel off into another area, another region. They can, they can control where this goes via gates and things like that, you know, waste right. gates. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, the whole thing also contains all of the wiring. Everything is underground. There's nothing overhead that's required. Um, eventually, I think they would have to go overhead. Sure. But, um, you know, for the most part, the side of the roadway would be clean. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. And another tremendous advantage here is that these panels themselves, these hexagons, are relatively independent. When you look at the way it functions, it's just a uh, connected network. So if one of them messes up, they weigh about 110 pounds each. Uh, you can just pop it off, in theory, hook it up with some other connections, and then boom, you're good to go. Wow, you saw me raise my eyebrows there because 110 pounds each? These panels don't look all that big when I see them. That's uh, that's amazing. They're, they must be really, really dense with uh, with material. I bet that glass is super heavy. I, that's got to be I it. I think part of it is, yeah, just to be able to bear the load. Yeah, but what a, what a, I mean, that really is a fantastic idea that, that um, and I think of this as, uh, okay, here's a simple example, Ben. Yeah. Do you ever see um, carpet tile squares? Yes, I, I think that's the way you say it, right? Carpet yeah. tile squares. Uh-huh. Um, if you spill something, or you, uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, pet or whatever has an accident on it, you pull up that tile, you clean that one tile, and then you replace that tile. You don't have to clean or treat the whole floor. Um, you know, if it has to be replaced, it has to be replaced because of damage or whatever. But, mm-hmm. but it's a very simple system, and, and it's almost the exact same way. You just pull up the the damaged part, the bad part, and uh-huh. replace it with a good one, a brand new one. Right, which is why uh, those why why those. Uh, 
carpet tiles are so popular in, in institutions like schools, hospitals, other retirement homes, airports, all kinds of places. You'll find yeah. them everywhere, and the same idea is being applied to the roadway. And they said that you know, let's say that uh, there is a damaged area, it can be replaced, you know, individually, like we talked about, and it can guide the uh, you know the people that are replacing them right to the damaged one. You know, it's like uh, it, it'll give it a grid. Um, system to, to figure out exactly which panel is malfunctioning, and they can be replaced quickly, easily. Yeah, they'll and, triangulate. Um, yeah, exactly right. And uh, it makes sense. So, and, and I guess you wouldn't have to deal with the whole pothole issue. I mean, because huh, you're yeah. not going to have a pothole in a glass area. I mean, if there is one that's broken for whatever reason, yeah. it can be just pulled up and replaced. It's not like a pothole that you patch and then becomes a rough area. I see what you're saying, Scott, but I will say inconvenience is like true love, it finds a way. You know what I mean? Uh, Good point. The, uh, the inventors of the solar roadway maintain that despite the cost, which we'll talk about in a bit, the systems themselves can pay for their cost over the course of a little more than two decades, mm-hmm. 22 years. Now that you and I have, oh, and we should also point out they're all, they're, um, Scott and Julie Broussard are also, uh, they already have four customers that are coming up to actually buy these things in Idaho. They've also laid out uh, some prototypes in Idaho, including one at a welcome center. And one more thing, Ben, that I'd like to add to this is that, um, you know, we've been talking about, um, you know, the surface being glass, of course, and being, you know, this very, not slick, but, you know, textured surface. And, and a lot of people would think, you know, okay, that's that's maybe going to work okay if I've got dry tires on a, on a dry day. What about when it's raining or even snowing or if there's ice on the road? That's going to be even more difficult because right. who wants to drive on, on wet glass? Right. I mean, there's. Right. A, can you imagine the, the difficulties with that? Well, you know, the thing is snow and ice could add even further complications, and they've thought about this. They've, they've put in heating elements into each individual panel. So, uh-huh. Um, I guess it it uh, it removes any kind of snow and ice buildup on the panels, and they've actually demonstrated this because you know they're from Idaho and they're able to test this on their own property. They said, right. you know, here's um, I think in the video they showed um, you know one set of panels that had it activated and one set that was not activated, and there was buildup on the one that wasn't, and the one that you know they did have it activated on, it was perfectly clean and clear. I mean, it may have been damp, I guess, but you know that's going to happen in the rain anyways. Yes, and uh, for anyone who is listening outside of the United States, they have plenty of opportunities to check for that kind of weather in Idaho. Yeah, that is a rough. Uh, that's a rough area to uh, to to be testing something like this in. So you know they know that it's going to work. Yes, and uh, we're going to talk now about a few of the possible cons. We've done a lot of pros, mm-hmm. and uh, you guys can t- already tell that both Scott and myself have quite a few things to say. About the possible downsides, we're we're a bit skeptical, you and I. I'd like something like this to exist. Yes, I, I understand that you know there's uh, there's some pros to this thing, and I will get to that. But I don't want it to sound like we're completely completely against it because there I think there's some applications for this whole thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Is, is that That's okay? I mean, like yeah, like totally. a balance. I think you know that uh, that you know there's there's some pros, but uh, the cons to, to, for me. Far outweigh the far away the pros. Well, as you said, it it all goes back to application. I think it depends upon where this is deployed. So, in 2002, you know their story dates back well. They got their Fed funding in 2009. Um, in 2010, the company assumed that a uh, 12 by 12 inch glass panel will cost around ten thousand dollars. So, at that rate, using that number, covering all the roads would cost. You ready? $56 trillion. Oh, my gosh. U.S. That's 20 times the annual federal budget. Um, 
Did you, wait one one quick second. You said a twelve by twelve panel would cost ten thousand dollars. Yeah, you're saying so that's ten thousand dollars per square foot. Now this is again, yeah, exactly. Now this again is or per hexagonal. Oh foot, yeah. yeah, okay, per hexagonal. Foot. I don't know how you would, I don't know how you'd figure that. Right. Yeah. The um, I think part of that is a little deceptive because they were building these by hand. Mm-hmm. So once we hit economy of scale. That price probably drops. Okay, sure. So, so it's the same thing with cars. When you know a prototype car costs four million dollars to build, but then when production comes around, it's much cheaper. I mean, as you build each individual vehicle. I mean, in the initial right. vehicle is the most expensive one. Is that right? Even, even right. in production, because you know you've just installed all of that that factory, that uh, that machinery, everything that has to go into it. Yeah. And then that first panel is the most expensive, and then ev- everyone after that, the price comes down as you make two, three, four. 10,000, 20,000, 100,000, et cetera. Yeah, that's, that's really a point. Those numbers, by the way, come to us from a writer named Brad Plumer over at The Vox. Hmm. Those are some hypothetical reckonings here from 2010. So again, that may have changed because that's, that's four years later at this point. Um, but one of my, one of my remaining cons here, however, is that for covering the entire U.S. roadway system, at all, the cost is still going to be enormous. Okay, I've been thinking about this since we've uh, since we've kind of decided that we we're going to do this topic about a week ago. Yeah, and I've been thinking about this as I drive in to work every day. I drive in about fifteen or sixteen miles. That's uh, you know it depends on which way I go, and I've been looking at the road surface and just how much there is there, and then yeah. I've been trying to think, okay, per square foot. $10,000 per square foot, roughly, you know, yeah. ballpark. I mean, it could, it could have come down by now, but still, that, t- that amount of price and just, just that amount of material that's required to, to cover that 16 miles that I drive every day to work. That is a, that's an enormous amount of tiles between here right. and there. Yeah. The, the undertaking of something like this would be so enormous. I mean, I know that it begins small. It begins with, you know, we'll do a sidewalk here, a bike path there, right. work on the parking, because they're talking about parking lots, which I think is a good idea, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about. But yeah. um, it, I, I just look at the roadways themselves, and I think roadways are, are enormous. And when they cover them, you know, they cover them with liquid material that makes one solid sheet. It's, it's pretty yep. easy. Yep. This becomes like a giant tiling process a giant like tiling a project it's it's huge yeah and and then to add the complexity of electronics to this you know that uh, you know it all has to work together and everything has to be just exactly right um I, there's there's so much to this ben i mean it, it, yeah. it really starts to boggle your mind when you when you begin to think of everything that would have to happen in order to make a, a tiling project of this size work Yes, and let me just throw in a little bit of historical context here this is something that a lot of people take for granted in the modern day but the fact of the matter is that it's it's just astonishing that we have an interstate system to begin with we have a podcast entirely on what made the eisenhower interstate system happen and how close it was to not happening for for a really long time sure and that was just asphalt so so the idea of rolling out some something that completely changes the surface of an entire infrastructure of this magnitude is difficult to uh is difficult to really imagine but i do want to point out that often with this kind of with this kind of stuff often with these innovations you start with really big plans mm-hmm. right and sure. then the real world steps on those uh toward that big plan or overarching goal, those real-world steps are by nature small. 
If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Well, sure, of course. And when you hear, um, you know, when you hear Scott and Julie talk about this road, Scott and Julie Brusa, yeah, hear them talk about it. You understand, like they've got a lot of passion for this. They've got, you know, the the, uh, the desire to really, really change the world with what they're doing. I mean, that's the idea: is that you know they want to they want to change this existing infrastructure. They really want to do something good. They want it to work. And then, you know, they've got, they've thought through a lot of the problems. And there's an FAQ section on the site that has, you know, plenty of questions that are answered. And they answer them well, I think. You know, the the questions are answered appropriately, but they also neglect some things in these answers. You know, there's, if you go through the FAQ, you can kind of pick that apart. And that's, I guess that's true with anything, though. I mean, you could pick anything apart. Any, any book that you read, any, any textbook or, you know, any speech that somebody gives or this podcast or whatever you want to do. Right. Um, you could, you could pick, you know, flaws in that and, and say, yeah, that's not exactly how it, how it works. You're not, you're neglecting this angle to the whole thing. And, and that's the thing is like this couple, you know, they're, they're working together with consultants, I'm sure. They're, they're trying to cover every angle, but there's always going to be someone out there that says, ah, but you didn't think about this. What about, uh, what about the, the slight amount of give that's in the surface of an, an asphalt road versus, um, a glass road where there's no give at all? It's a, it's a completely right. solid surface. That's going to have some inherent problems with it. Uh, that, differential loading. Exactly right that they didn't think about. I mean, I know they thought of rolling resistance. I know they thought of, you know, the, the grip of tires. They thought about, um, you know, the way that uh, the cars can stop on the surfaces we'll talk about in a minute because I know yeah. you want to you yeah, discuss yeah, yeah. that. But um, what about, you know, the, that just that tiny little bit of give that asphalt has versus um, versus a, a glass surface? You know, where is that going to come from? And I know that you're going to say it's, it's, it's tiled and the tiles slightly flex themselves. Well, that in itself has a problem because right. there's a there's a rocking that happens with that, and it erodes the surface below it, and the surface below it is critical because once that starts to happen, the tiles begin to crack or break, 
And, you know, we can see it in, in any kind of like large tiles that you would lay out on a patio for say, you know, just for example, rather. Right. And, uh, I've seen this myself. I've tried to lay out, um, tile patios that are large, uh, you know, like, you know, foot and a half by foot and a half. And over time, they begin to rock a little bit. You know, the, the elements kind of break down the they material become below uneven. them. A little bit uneven and they start to snap. Yeah. Well, well, with cobblestones and smaller stones, that's not quite as much of an issue because they're small, they're compact, they, um, it, you almost have to see it in action to really understand, but there's a video that, uh, I guess a skeptic video that shows you what happens when, over time, when a, a larger panel is rocked back and forth repeatedly as a road surface would be, it begins to, to, uh, pivot in the middle almost, and it yeah. flexes on either side, and then there's gonna be a point where load is placed on both sides of that at one time, and it will break. Scott, I'm so glad that you mentioned the video that uh, I don't want to call it a debunking video, but it points out some of those flaws that you were talking about, right? Yeah, that's right. And yeah. uh funny story, that video is almost 30 minutes long in comparison to the six or seven minute long uh Indiegogo video. Yeah, well, because it takes parts of it. I mean, it shows you a segment of the video itself, you know, the, uh, yeah. the promotional video, sure. I guess. And then it takes a few minutes to explain why what they just said isn't exactly accurate or they haven't thought of this angle or that angle. As we just mentioned, you know, they're kind of yeah. picking it apart. And uh, and I think it's appropriate. And maybe, you know, who knows, Ben, there could be some constructive things that come out of this as well. It's not all meant to be destructive, I don't think. I think that, right. you know, Scott and Julie or the, the consultants or whoever is working on the solar roadway project overall can look at that and say, yeah, we didn't think of that. Let's uh, Let's begin to tackle that problem and we can make this work. Well, here's one interesting thing, for instance, that I think could be some some constructive criticism, and that goes down to uh, being able to see LED patterns during the daytime. Oh, that was a good part of the video. I, I yeah. was uh, I was pretty shocked by that whole thing because I thought, uh, you know, LEDs are bright, of course, right? Right. We, we both know that, but yeah. uh, but seeing them in daylight, not so easy. So yeah, there's a part in the video where the narrator talks about the angle at which all of the LEDs are shown in the pro solar roadway video and then he says well let's see what these look like when they're not in the shade and it's very difficult to discern the lights at all much less the color of those lights yeah he shows you the exact same led or a similar set of leds in a, in a strand lights them up it's easy to see you know red blue green whatever the colors were i don't right. remember and then uh, then he brings them out in bright sunlight and changes the angle just a slight bit and turns them on again you can't even tell that they're on really i mean that's uh, that's a difficult thing and then i guess he says well, what's going to happen when they're embedded below, you know, heavy layer of glass as well, and uh, you've got, yeah. you know, sun glare and, you know, other things that, that add to this whole thing. Are you going to be able to even see the lines in the road? Is that going to be possible? Because you, right. you can't paint lines on a system like this. It just no. doesn't, it doesn't work. And uh, another, another thing that opponents of this have brought out is that uh, the panels themselves, the solar roadway itself, won't produce as much energy as conventional solar panels. Ah, good point. There's also plenty of other places in the United States where we have space to put solar panels, uh, the maintenance loan we've covered. But uh, one thing, one other thing I want to point out is that at this point, we don't have adequate technology to really store energy from solar panels. Good point. 
That's so right. Yeah, I don't so know where we will put it. How would you do that? I mean, uh, you can. Uh, there's a point where you can sell it back to the grid, right? You can right. you can create your own at home, and you can if you use less than what you what you produce, you sell it back. And there's a way to do that. I'm not sure exactly how all that works. Sure, that varies uh, state by state. You can do that. I understand that. But then, what if what if you know the the system is creating so much energy? Apparently, as they say, right. that the United States can't keep up with it. That you know we have too much power. What's going to happen then at that point? Now, buy our juice, Canada. I, I, I'm I'm you know smiling a little bit as yeah. I say this, but you know this is if this whole thing were to play out. If if every surface were to be covered, sure. every road surface and and solid walking surface and driving surface were to be covered with this, what happens when we produce so much power that you know we uh, we we can't even deal with it? We have too much. What do, we, what do you do with it? Do you sell it to Canada? Do you sell it to uh, Do you sell yeah. it to Mexico? Do you sell it overseas somehow? What does it become? Some type of commodity that you can trade? <laughs> what, what do you do with it? I mean, an embarrassment of riches. I huh? guess. I mean, uh, we have to make Las Vegas bigger. What do we do? <laughs> yeah, it's about time Vegas got a little bigger. It's not quite <laughs> shiny enough. Yeah, that's right. I don't think Vegas is big enough, Ben. We have to uh, make it somehow more gaudy. I guess, right? Yeah, a little more ostentatious. Yeah. Much more neon is what we need. And that's the thing that gets me about Vegas. It's just a little bit too um, quiet. Yeah. you know, visually. <laughs> yeah, that's right. uh, so, not enough going on there. Not enough. So uh, we're okay now. We know that it may sound that as though we are just kicking this idea up and down the street. And I've got a couple more, if you don't mind. Yeah, because, yeah. Because I know you want to kind of wrap it with maybe like a, a, a little positive spin. Right. You always like to do that. I, I do too. Yeah. But I do have a few more that I feel like I have to just get out there. So, okay. And it Lay kinda, on me. And it kind of comes from, you know, some of the feedback in the forums, and it comes from, you know, the skeptic sites and places like that. And it's just things that I want you to know, that, I guess you, the listener, to know that we know about that as well. Oh, yeah, um, you know, So that, that we're, we're thinking about all this stuff, and, and it's all part of the big picture. But traction in the snow and rain, we kind of talked about that. Oh gosh! Yeah. Now the traction thing is big, and we talked about the give in the in the asphalt versus the uh, versus um, the glass. Oh my gosh! I can't believe I almost forgot that. What's that? Thank you, thank you so much for saying that, Scott. Because oh. this is one of my biggest issues. Uh, can, I'm interrupting. That's all right. Is Go it ahead. okay? No, I'm I'm excited because you're excited. I feel <laughs> I feel very strongly about this one, buddy. Uh, so I said earlier that. Their experiments indicated that a car going 80 miles an hour could stop with no problem. Yes. They didn't take a car on this surface because there's not... There's not enough of a build out yet to well, the, get a car to 80 miles. The test an hour. surface looks like it's about 20 feet long. Right. And it's beside yeah. a burn on, on their own private property. So you right. can't really drive a car and stop it at 80 miles an hour on that surface. Right. So what they did instead was an experiment on the, um, yeah, it's a device, right? It's yeah, a, yeah, uh, yeah. it's a device that, uh, swings a pendulum. Yeah. That has, uh, what looks like a shoe on it almost. Yeah. It's not a shoe. It's some type of, uh, device that simulates a tire. Yeah. It's the, it's a rubber boot. Um, it's the kind of thing that civil engineers use to test for road friction. So, uh, without, I want to be fair when I say that this is a test that people conventionally do to check for road friction. Sure. So it's not, it's not something made up. No, they could put a, a slab of concrete there that's intended to be, uh, you know, the road surface or, right. or asphalt, but they just happen to use the, uh, they're, they're also using this glass surface in the same way. And the thing about this sort of testing is that when you move from the laboratory or from the testing area to the real world instantly, 
dozens of things that you never thought would happen, happen. What about that car in front of you that's leaking oil? Great point. Or transmission fluid or right. coolant or any of those, those that add, you know, um, a, a bit of uh, slickness to the road surface that you wouldn't normally have. Or, you know, like let's say there's a little, bit, a little bit of rain, they can test for water, stuff like that. Right. I know they can add these elements to the test surface, but the one that they tested in the lab, it looked to me like it was bone dry. Yeah. It appeared to be that way. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, we've talked about wet glass and the problems with driving on wet glass. And, uh, you know, it does have these traction surfaces built in, you know, little, little raised areas and everything. But, but it seems like that would wear down as well, right? Yeah, it does. And what about hilly areas? What about areas that are, have steep inclines? Oh, you know what, Ben? Out of all the, you know, the whole time I've been thinking about this, I've been considering flat surfaces. I don't know why I wasn't thinking, what about when you're in the mountains? Because I was just recently on a, on a road trip uh-huh. in, in the, uh, I guess it would be in Tennessee, Kentucky area, 6% grade. Wow. With semis all around yeah, me, you yeah. know, it's pretty steep. It's yeah. pretty steep. I mean, you have to lower gear and you don't want to touch your brakes, that kind of thing. What happens on that on glass when it's uh, maybe, you know, raining or possibly even snowing? Because they get snow in the mountains sometimes. Hmm. So what happens then? Yeah, I, I, the weirdest thing I thought of, the most difficult, hypothetical, implausible thing that I thought of that could happen to this road yeah. was what if it was struck by lightning? Oh, good point. Because then the, it, it would severely damage the surface, right? Sure. And it would also completely screw over the power grid. Um, now, see, I'm glad we're talking because I never thought of I never thought of a lightning strike either. Well, it's such a it's such a terrible lottery to win, mm-hmm. you know, and it's also not very likely for that to happen. Sure, but if it if it did occur, it would be bad news all the way around. Yeah. Okay. So we we there's, there's more to it than just this stuff. I mean, we, we're still talking about some of the the cons before we get to kind of a little positive spin, yeah, I yeah. guess. But but uh, we talked about tiles. We talked about asphalt, and you know how, how it has give a little bit of give that, that's beneficial and and adds to rolling resistance, which sure. you really need some rolling resistance. Absolutely. Otherwise, we'd have rock hard tires on every vehicle, and uh, you know there'd be no give in anything, and it would uh, it would be very difficult to stop. But you know that that helps a tiny tiny little bit, and it's it's important. Oh, and we um, also uh, we also pointed out. The cost, which again, to be fair, can change once it hits economy of scale. Exactly right. Now that we talked about the changing LED patterns and the LEDs and how they may be an issue to read during different uh, different conditions, you know, mm-hmm. different uh, different angles of view, that type of thing, that may be an issue as well. Um, also, you know, we we really <laughs> we haven't talked about the couple themselves. Now, they're the, you know, he's got a lot of engineering experience. He's like, an electrical engineer. He's an electrical engineer, like 20, you know, 20 plus years of engineering yeah. experience. She is a uh, a private um, uh, what is it? A private consultant of some kind? No, I believe so. Uh, hang on one second. She is a private practice counselor. That's right. Um, Alright, so that's fine. He's gone to things like these TED Talks and you know tried to tried to generate some energy for this whole thing. Uh, but even they themselves they have no they, they have stated they have no marketing skills. They've never built anything. Right. Which really you can't really hold that against them, but it's just one more thing that, that the skeptics like to say Wait a minute here. There's a couple that they're trying to change the entire infrastructure of the United States. Really, I mean that's really or, or an infrastructure right, within the yeah. United States, and um, they've never sold anything. They have no marketing skills. They have really just this, as you said, pie in the sky idea, and we're supposed to get behind this thing and, and see if it works. It, it's it's really got to be played out in the marketplace. We got to see how this works on a smaller scale. I think before they go as big as they're saying they want to go with it. Ah, okay. 
So you just threw a lifeline there. <laughs> smaller scale. Smaller scale. Yeah, that's right. Uh, what, what I think you and I both mean by this, and stop me if I'm wrong, Scott, is that this technology has some fantastic promise, maybe not in the roadways of the United States entire, mm-hmm. but this could be, uh, this could be a fantastic thing for parking lots, especially the ability to change, um, uh, which you already talked about, the ability to change handicap spots sure. and modify space for parking. This, I mean, this could really work. And in a way, um, you know, whenever I hear these ideas, I start combining them with other projects. Mm-hmm. You know, like Audi has that uh, has that rigged up parking lot to let sure. your car park for you and then add some solar uh, add some solar panels to the roadway for that. It's almost that. like a driverless valet for the Audi system. And, and combine the two, yeah. that'd be pretty impressive. Now, you may think that, you know, in a parking lot, most of the surface is covered all the time, right? But some of the overhead shots that they've got, you know, these, uh, these aerial photography shots that are, that are on the site, it shows you that even a full parking lot, there's a lot of exposed area in an, in an, in a full parking lot. Sure, yeah, all the lanes to drive to and from a space. You would be surprised by how much open area there still is in what's considered a full parking lot. And, I mean, you know, when there's less cars there, all yeah. the better. You know, it's still just gathering up more, more energy. And I agree, you know, that this is maybe something that's best left in the parking lots for now, you know, just to try to, you know, maybe give this a shot. I, I, th- I think that um, it would almost be a novelty for a place, you know, that let's sure. say that we've got a solar parking lot. You can charge your EV for free when you park here. You know, it's down to, right in downtown Atlanta or downtown Chicago or wherever yeah, it happens. Epcot to be. Center. Los- oh, that's right. What about Disney World? You know, a place like that with an enormous parking lot. And mm-hmm. can you imagine how many EVs are there any given day? There's probably quite a few. Yeah. And I would think that if they offered free parking for anybody with an EV vehicle versus, I don't know, what has it been to park there? Two hundred and twenty-five dollars <laughs> a day, something like that. I think it's. 225 or 235 the last time I was there to park wow. for, for an hour or two. To park? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's a, but it's expensive to park. Yeah. And, um, you know, I would think that if, if they offered free parking for EV vehicles, the EVs rather, yeah. that, uh, for, for the whole day and they could charge for free, that's kind of a nice novelty thing for you. Yeah, know, it, it would, provides an incentive. It, it would. And I think that businesses could capitalize on that as well. And, you know, one little con, I guess, in this, in this, if I can just sure. throw it in yeah. there. They're talking about selling ad space on these uh, on these panels, and they said that parking lots may be an area to do that. Oh yeah, and because they wouldn't want to do it on roadways, I wouldn't think. Maybe they would. Who knows? Because you never know. But you know, with the configurable or reconfigurable LEDs, they could create any logo they want on any surface they want. So yeah, they, this could be the Coca Cola parking lot. This could be the Home Depot <laughs> parking lot, right. or you know, whatever. Sponsored by uh, whatever. I mean, I can't. You already see the uh, can't you already see the potential for uh, pranks and then wonderful thing. That's where oh, I instantly go. Yeah. Hackers, yeah, yeah, sure. That would be that'd be kind of fun, right? It would be fun. I'm sure that if these parking lots exist, and there's going to be somebody who proposes through one. There's, you know, yeah. You, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, oh, I'm just. I'm now. I'm just brainstorming different things you could do with those. LEDs. I I gotta be honest, Scott. I want these to happen. I, I don't know if the roadway makes sense, um, but it, maybe that's just because we don't have the technology there yet, or the cost of the technology. Oh. But for parking lots, this would be great. For sidewalks, they'd be even better. Okay, parking lots. I understand. Sidewalks. I understand. And they have relatively low wear, so we're talking about them wearing out. And speeds on them would be. Very, very slow. very slow. And so you wouldn't have to worry so much about the traction issue as we're talking about because 
you and I both know that there are people driving 90, 95 miles an hour oh, on sure. the highways yeah. all the time. Yeah. What about motorcycles? What about motorcycles in the rain on glass? How's that? Yeah, That's what about car accidents that occur? That's another big thing we haven't really talked a about. A semi that tips over and cracks, you know, 200 panels at a time at the cost of $10,000 a panel. Who's responsible for the price of that? Is that the, the trucking company or is that the, uh, you know, the, uh, the, yeah. uh, the road commission? Who's, who's going to pay for that type of thing? And, and what about one other thing that we haven't thought about on the roadways, Ben? And this is the last negative thing that I really want to talk about because okay. I know we said we were going to end the pro. <laughs> yeah. Kind of did, but, um, I was just thinking about this last night, you know, when I was talking with, uh, with Jonathan and, and Lauren. Um, what about the noise? What about, you know, have you ever gone over rumble strips on the highway? Yeah. Now I see the textured, glass that that has to be there you know you can't have a smooth surface uh-huh. it has to be textured in some way it has to have those bumps imagine driving on those at 80 miles an hour continuously for let's say a, a five-hour road trip or whatever you're doing that's going to be exhausting for the driver it's going to be loud the yeah. people the people near it you know anywhere near the um near the highway who live near there sure that noise is going to be deafening. They, well, that's why they put up, you know, rows of trees and, and yeah. walls and things like that, you know, because of grooved pavement and things. So this is, this is exceeds the grooved pavement thing. This is, this is bigger. If you look at the glass panels in the, in these videos that yeah. you can go check out on solar roadways, uh, you're going to see that those bumps are pretty significant. You know, that's going to create a lot of noise, I think, a lot of road noise. And what about car manufacturers? How are they going to accommodate this? Because right now, I mean, I've got an older car, but it's it's really loud inside. It's it's the point where I can almost not use a cell phone or, you know, yeah. it's hard to, to talk to somebody in the same vehicle. It's loud. Newer cars, I know, are a lot quieter, but when you put them on a surface like this, I don't know, man. That's going to be, it's going to be like uh, the equivalent of, you know, mowing the grass, you know, with the, the lawnmower in front of you all day long. It's going to be <laughs> super loud. So with all of these concerns and with all of the potential for this, it's time for you and I to make the call. I would like to see this on sidewalks yesterday, powering streetlights, you know, um, maybe even giving a couple of EV parking spaces. I'd like to, I'd like to see it. In a parking lot somewhere if it happens, but um, at this point, I think there's a way to – we have a, a, quite a stretch uh, in terms of both technology and the cost of that technology before we see this on roadways. You know, Ben, you made a good point. What about powering powering the streetlights within a neighborhood? If you had a yeah. neighborhood that was paved with this, because the speed limits are supposedly 25 miles an hour in neighborhoods anyways. Sure. It's relatively low. <laughs> you know, another thing with the textured, I guess, you know, boy, I keep coming up with more. Yeah. What, what if uh, there is snow on the surface? I know it's supposed to be kept away with the heating element, but let's say that they malfunction for whatever reason. Clearing snow would have to be done with a brush or a similar device. It couldn't be done with uh, a plow as it normally would be because it would just tear oh, yeah. up the surface. But yeah. I don't even know if that's a factor. Maybe it's not. But uh, but what about um, you know the playgrounds and things like that? That's that's a great use for it. I mean, surfaces that are normally hard to begin with. I know that playgrounds are going towards a soft surface, but right. but you know, like a basketball court or tennis court. Yeah. All of that is a great application. A tennis court. I don't know. Would the texture work? You know, is something that. Uh, Oh, huh. that's the thing. I didn't think about texture for sports that require a How's ball bounce, a ball bouncing. Yeah. yeah. What do you do? I guess. Well, you know, my my guess would be that you add another layer that allows for bounce. <laughs> As the more I think about this, the more we talk about it, I've got other things. What about skateboarders, Ben? Is this going to be the end of skateboarding? Because <laughs> it's going to be a rough surface, right? You're never going to have a smooth surface to skateboard on unless no, you find an what, old pool. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what pools are for. I guess, unless they decide that, hey, we can put these in pool surfaces as well. They can do pool surrounds, I know. Oh, you know, like the, the yeah. Deck, the deck around pools. So, 
Well, who knows? I think that we'll find out pretty soon because, again, having received this massive amount of funding, which uh, don't even get me started on the the viral nature of what I would call clicktivism, mm. activism by clicking on something. Clicktivism, that's a yeah. nice term. Good term. Um, the idea here is the idea here has fantastic potential. I, I think that a lot of the backlash against it and a lot of the skepticism and hole poking comes just because people have universally acclaimed this very quickly without checking. But now that they have millions of dollars, Scott, uh, they're going they're planning to hire six engineers to scale up their production. Their big point right now is that they don't want to hand make all these panels. Ah, ben, and here it is. I got to just point this out. Here it is, you know, four years after they started this whole thing, or maybe even a little more. I think the idea started around 2006 to begin with, the, right, the initial yeah, idea. The inception. Yeah. Here we are in 2014, and you and I just talked about it for about 50 minutes. Tech Stuff did a program on it that I don't know how long that one lasted. <laughs> There's videos online that, you know, sure. people are still donating to this. I mean, it's, it's getting attention. It's, it's, it's out there and there's, there's plenty of, uh, you know, there's plenty of attention to this right now. So who knows? Maybe this is going to develop into something that's really feasible. And some of the applications that we talked about, the, the, the parking lots, the sidewalks, the neighborhood streets, yeah. maybe things like that will start to creep into um, you know, into our infrastructure and begin to, uh, I don't know, spread to the point where maybe someday we will consider putting them in for, you know, some of the smaller roads, maybe not the massive super highways that we have right now, right. but who knows, maybe someday. Uh, I, I just can't, uh, I can't see it happening right now anytime soon, that's all. And what about you listeners? Ladies and gentlemen, let us know what you think about solar roadways. Are they the pavement of the future or is this some more vaporware? Uh, we have a lot of other episodes that kind of uh, touch on similar things like the could I build a interstate around the world and uh, solar power cars. So do check those out. You can find them all on our website, carstuffshow.com. Uh, Scott and I are actually on the internet as well. Surprise, surprise. That's uh, right. We're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and you can always send us an email directly. Remember, our email address has changed. Now we are carstuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.